Welcome to Unity of Tucson. Well, there is no doubt it's live when stuff like that happens. You know, there was a paradigm that uh, before we were, when we were shooting on Saturdays, if I, something like that had happened, I would have just said, oh, well, let's just cut, we'll start over, and, and that's that. <laughs> Which actually, it's kind of funny, because, you know, you could look at that as, you know, as messing up, right? And the song talks about messing up. Messing up, starting over again. <laughs> How many times have we messed up in our lives or we perceive that we have messed up in our lives and had to start over again in some capacity? I love this lyric, messing up and starting over again. Maybe all the breaks and the young mistakes were supposed to carry me here. Maybe, maybe all the breaks and the young mistakes were supposed to carry me here. It's a, it, that, is a, that, is a, that is a statement of faith to say that irrespective of whatever has happened or I perceive has happened in my life that may not feel so good, it's all led me to this moment. And why don't we honor that? Why don't we honor those things that we perceive as mess-ups or mistakes or the things that, you know, didn't quite work out the way that we thought that they should work out? I want to ask you a question. I love to start oftentimes by asking questions. Let's start with this question. Do you believe in mistakes? Do you believe in mistakes? I'm just giving everyone a moment to consider what comes up for them in answering that question, because it's kind of an odd question. Because we, we could look at our history and say, well, yeah, of course I believe in mistakes. I have made mistakes in my life. More importantly, how about this question? Do you believe that mistakes are an inevitable part of life? Ah, ah, do you believe that mistakes are an inevitable, inevitable part of life? Because here's the thing, as I said earlier, it is done unto you as you believe. So if you believe that mistakes are an inevitable part of your life, guess what you're going to live with? Lots of things that you perceive as mistakes. How deeply do any one of us, how deeply do you, how deeply do any one of us hold on to our mistakes or what we perceive as mistakes? And note that I keep saying perceive because it's all in perception. It's all in perception. In the New Thought tradition, in unity, religious science, divine science, there is something that we teach that, 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 is, that, that has that has lived with me and has changed my life. And it is this, there is no such thing as a mistake. There is no such thing as a mistake. Now, where did your mind go when I said that? There is no such thing as a mistake. Again, did it go to try and prove all those times when you may have had the experience of what you perceive as a mistake? It's all in perception. All of it is in perception. So if we decide that something is a mistake, then that is what we live with. We live with that perception, and it will be a mistake. 
But what if we let go of the notion that there are mistakes? What if we truly let that go? And everything that we start to understand, everything has led us to be right here, right now, in this moment. And it has all been for our highest good. That is faith. If there is no such thing as a mistake, then what are we holding on to? What are we holding on to? A mistake, if you believe in mistakes, is of course simply just a missed take. We have missed a take, right? And we have allowed ourselves to live in these creative circumstances where something missed is affecting us as we move forward. But there is nothing in our past, there is no mistake in our past which has any bearing on who we are moving forward except to the degree that we allow it. You are the expression and experience of infinite creative circumstances. And so all circumstances are born of your belief, of your, of your mind, your use of this infinite consciousness. Everything you experience is the result of your use of mind consciousness. And it's not that I am, you know, because I get, I get the pushback a lot. I get a, and, and there's a big old pushback that I get a lot these days. And it is this, well, I didn't, I, I don't believe in the pandemic. I don't believe in the virus. I don't believe in COVID. How did I create that? How am I living within the creation of that circumstance? And here's the thing. We also live within the balance of a, of a, of a, of a collective consciousness. And right now, I've, as I've said a few times, the balance of the collective consciousness is tipped on the side of weight on the pandemic, of COVID-19, of whatever you want to call it. It does not mean that we need to live in fear of that thing. I do not live in fear of that thing. And while I am on the minority side of the tipped, of the tipped scale, I'm trying to figure out which side that would be on. I guess it would be this side because the weight is on the side of the fear, right, for so many people, as I weight myself in my own mind on the side of love and faith and health, then I am not subject to the experience of that thing, but that also shows up in divine wisdom by saying I take the steps necessary to experience and express my magnificent health, which right now does mean for me, I will wear masks and I will limit my gathering and I will do the things that are suggested by science because we believe in science within this tradition. Let us never forget that we do believe in science. In fact, all right, as, as, as you know, I sometimes go back to my background, which is, the science of mind, religious science, the very first line of the introduction to the book, The Science of Mind, is we all look forward to the day when religion and science shall walk hand in hand from the invisible to the visible. It is a call to each and every one of us to say, yes, it is okay that we understand and live with science. We must find the balance. I am not interested in completely magical thinking. We have a tremendous capacity 
to sabotage our own good by holding on to ideas that don't serve us. Like I said, I may be in the minority right now of the collective consciousness, but as I hold firm in what it is I believe, and I invite you all to stand firm with, this, with me in this, we begin to tip the scale. We begin to tip the scale. We do not need to sabotage our lives. We do not need to sabotage our good. Oh, but boy, can that inner saboteur defeat us mentally if we don't address it. Our work is to, addressing, uh, is to address it. And by addressing it, we eliminate the power of that inner saboteur. That inner saboteur is born of things like believing in what we are told without question. What we are told without, and if we believe what we are told without question, a lot of times what will end up happening is we will be wrong because it is not rooted in infinite truth. The notion that our saboteur has any power is only in perception. That's it. There is nothing, absolutely nothing, that has power in our lives except for the power that we give it. If we give power to the concept of an outside God, which we don't within this philosophy, but if we were to do that, as many traditions do, and I'm not saying that they're wrong for doing that, but what I'm saying is if we give power to that which is outside the self, then we allow ourselves to be open to the potential and possibility for missed takes in our experience of life because the minute we give over our power is the minute we are subject to something else outside the self and we cannot overcome that thing outside the self as long as we believe in the power of that thing outside the self. There is one power that each and every one of us holds right here and right now, and that is the power of infinite consciousness showing up by means of each and every one of us here and now and evermore. And in that ultimate power, and that power is expressed through choice, through the choices we make. When we give over our power, it is a missed take. And we utilize, we have borrowed a word from other faith traditions to help understand that very notion, that concept, and that word is sin. People think we don't teach the concept of sin. We don't teach a traditional concept of sin, but we do talk about this idea of sin. Sin is simply this, missing the mark. That's it, missing the mark. It is a belief in the separation of the infinite power and presence from us. We do not need to live within that. In New Thought, there is no sin but a mistake. And there is no punishment for sin except for the inevitable flow of creation by accepting that state of mind. Because what shows up, what we create in mind, shows up in our experience. So if you are ready to move past those mistakes once and for all, the work to be done is not in trying to manipulate or coerce the circumstances of our lives. It is to be done within. In the centering time today, I talked about turning the focus to the inner life because the inner life becomes the outer life. And I talk about this a lot. 
It is a very important concept to me to understand that that inner life shows up as our outer life. And so we don't need to worry about the stuff out there. Our work is here, right here. So if we open ourselves up to eliminating sin, mistakes, or the belief that anything that happens in our life is a mistake, if we open ourselves up to saying, this is another opportunity, another chance to explore, this is another, this is another try to get it right. This time, I gotta get it right. Gotta get it right now, gotta get it right sometime. There is nothing from which we need to be saved, nothing, except our own erroneous thinking. That's it. That's the whole point and purpose. That is the whole point and purpose of New Thought teachings. So this leads me to the next question. Are you ready to begin? Are you ready to begin? Or how about this? Do you believe you have begun? (laughs) You did. You did begin. You've already begun. Just by showing up as life, you have begun. You don't need to step into that anticipation for what will be any longer. Step into beginning right now. It is time to begin to begin. Begin to begin. To begin, we must address what is in the various cups that we carry. There was an an analogy that showed up in that magnificent uh, space of infinite divine wisdom that we all have access to. It's called the internet. This magnificent analogy came through as it came through into my sphere this week, and, and I want to read this for you. You're holding a cup of coffee when someone comes along and bumps into you or shakes your arm, making you spill your coffee everywhere. That has happened to me. Why did you spill the coffee? Well, you might answer, because somebody bumped into me. Wrong answer. You spilled the coffee because there was coffee in your cup. Had there been tea in your cup, you would have spilled tea. Whatever is inside the cup is what will spill out. Therefore, when life comes along and shakes you, which will happen, whatever is inside you will come out. And it is easy to fake it until you get rattled. So we have to ask ourselves, what's in my cup? What's in my cup? When life gets tough, what spills over? Is it joy? Is it gratefulness? Is it peace? Is it humility? Or is it something else? Anger, bitterness, harsh words, or reactions? What's in your cup? What is just waiting to be shaken up and spill over from within you? Life provides the cup. You choose how to fill it. This time, I gotta get it right. I gotta get it right now. Gotta get it right sometime. To be full, to fill our cups, 
there may be a perception that that is something that is difficult. But don't be fooled into thinking that it's difficult. That is simply a perception. We can, in every moment, make the decision in this moment, I am filled with love, kindness, joy, gratitude. And as I move over here, oh, in this moment, I am filled with love, joy, kindness, gratitude. It is a moment-to-moment practice to refill our cup. Sometimes that cup is depleted or it gets shaken up and spills over from the things that are in our past. There is a proportional relationship. There is a proportional relationship to how strongly we hold on to the past and the perceived challenge of change. All I'm talking about is to simplify in this moment. Let go of what was. You can't change it anyway. Let go of what was. And in this moment, I am filled with love, joy, kindness, gratitude. Use whatever words resonate and vibrate with your soul. It doesn't need to be challenging, but the only reason we conceive of it as challenging is because we probably brought something from the past that has proved to us in that moment that it is a challenge. Let it go. Our work is to begin to begin. To move through. To move through and accept wholly 100% that we are the full expression of love. Love only, forgive everything, remember who you are. Yes, this this is the season of Advent, and I love this idea that Advent can be an adventure as we step into the season of remembering who we are, not on December 25th, as is so common, but right here and right now, we are beginning to begin. That is an act of faith. Our work is to begin this beginning, to move through, accept wholly, 100%. That is how we do it. And the beginning is now, right now, not at some future time. That is the difference between hope and faith. Now, this Sunday in Advent, a lot of philosophies, uh, the first Sunday of Advent is usually talking about hope. And I love to construct hope in this idea. Hope is having only positive expectations, but hope is putting it out into the future. Faith is understanding that it is right here and right now. Hope keeps our good at arm's length. And I choose not to live within that paradigm any longer. Faith is an acceptance of our good right now. Charles Fillmore wrote this, hope is the expectation of good in the future. It is subject to time. Faith is the certain knowledge that our good is ours right now. Right now. Letting go of what was sets us up for success, and that success is rooted right here and right now. If hope is where you are, however, I do want to offer this. If hope is where you are, you can let that be enough, because hope is better than despair, but it is a subtle illusion, and to step into faith will change everything. But if hope is where you are, that's okay. 
because at least you're not in despair. And we all are on this journey of beginning to begin. We are in this infinite state of becoming. We're all on a journey of infinite beginnings. We don't all have to be at the same point on the path. Each step, to, each step can open us up, every single step can open us up to a greater understanding of our unity with and as the whole. And that's how we begin to begin. I am ready. And so I ask you this, are you ready to begin to begin? Namaste. Hi, this is Reverend Jonathan Zenz, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message. Your financial support will ensure that we can continue to offer this as an option for inspiration. You can make your tax-deductible contribution in any amount on our website, unitytucson.com. Once again, thank you for listening. You are magnificent. Namaste.